All right, welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I'm your host for today. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership. We talk these things for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast that has two purposes. Purpose number one, to educate and inform our audience and listeners. Purpose number two, Sam, to spotlight you, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. With that, we have a very special guest, Sam Varner. As a profit coach and business strategist, Sam Varner is dedicated to empowering six-figure service-based business owners by prioritizing profit through her proprietary crush formula. Engaging in a conversation with Sam is like having a no-nonsense, that's my favorite part, y'all, no-nonsense friend-to-friend chat about profit, business success and the untapped drive within women ready to make a breakthrough. And what's interesting is um, you, the real estate industry is mostly women. Uh, with honesty and transparency, she unveils strategies for achieving consistent business growth and unlocking hidden potential within each entrepreneur. Sam's ultimate goal is to inspire her audience to surpass their current goals and growth plans fueled by personal breakthroughs, strategic thinking, and unwavering determination. With over 14 years experience in PR and marketing, finance strategy, and business development, Sam credits her entrepreneurial spirit to observing her father's construction business while she was growing up. Having lived in three different countries and repeatedly requalifying for work, she decided to establish her own global business serving women entrepreneurs worldwide. During the day, Sam functions as a tactical coach, supporting clients and achieving their dreams. Come evening and weekends, she embraces the chaos of family life, often found chauffeuring her four kiddos, I got four kids too, in her trusty minivan. As a self-proclaimed coffee addict, addict, Sam cherishes her downtime as a cheerleader for her children and avid fan of their unique journeys. Sam, I'm excited that you're here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. You're welcome. I'm excited too. So like I was reading your bio before you came in and I was like, some stuff jumped out at me that I kind of touched on in the bio. And one of the things that I don't think we pay attention to uh, is that this industry, like the real estate industry, I started to pay attention, like understand your target, understand your market. And like our industry, the real estate industry is, especially the agents, it's mostly women. It's mostly mm -hmm. women. So I was excited to have you here. And I understand that my audience is mostly women. I deal with a lot of women. Like there are some men like me, of course, but we, we serve a women-centric uh, in general, there's a book, and I'm getting off. I'm getting off track a little bit, but there's this book called "Why Women Buy," and it also helped me understand the importance of understanding women. So, with that, like in the real estate space, the most important part of the house, right? The part that sells the house is the kitchen, and women fuel that. And it's like a lot of things, like women fuel the economy. With that, what I want to pose to you is like, tell us your story and tell you how. Tell us in your own words how you got to where you got to today. Okay, so. Um, you alluded to a little bit of it in the bio for sure. I was working public relations and marketing was kind of where I started my career. And I ended up tripping into finance because the economy changed, the business model changed. So I ended up into finance and then ended up moving countries. So when I left Canada to move to Australia, I requalified to do financial services again. And then had two more babies, and then ended up moving countries again. And so my business was born 100% out of necessity. When we got to Texas, my Canadian qualifications were not really helpful. My Australian qualifications that I'd gotten while I was there, not very helpful. And so it was a factor of me trying to figure out, I'm going to own my own thing. I'm going to control it like 
have it like a little turtle shell where it can come with me, whatever country I end up in. Of course, now I've been here almost 10 years. So moot point perhaps, but I started just financially coaching individuals. So looking at budgeting, looking at money management, all of that sort of thing. Everybody that showed up was a business owner. So I decided to make that pivot in my business and start dealing with people from the place of profit rather than from the place of budgeting at the household. So that's, that's how in the very short form, I ended up in Texas with my own company and becoming a profit coach. Uh, so you said profit versus budgeting. Can you help us understand mm-hmm. the difference between those two? Right. I think the difference that I look at is when you have your, my clients that were all coming to me and wanting to have more money in the bank than they had in their personal bank accounts, they all had businesses. And so the option of scrimping and saving and tightening your belt financially in the personal side, while important and still sometimes relevant, I can just help you earn more money. And by earning more money and having more of it be actual profit, so it's in your genes instead of just in your revenue line, but eaten up with expenses right in your business, it means you're actually making more money. So it alleviates the same problem in somebody's personal life as sticking to a budget, don't have lattes, whatever those rules you might abide by. This way we can have a little bit more fun and scale and grow the business instead. So you have like a quote, like a saying that uh, you you enjoy to use and it's called making money is the name of the game. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, it is too many people. What I found was too many people have a business that's accidentally a very expensive hobby. So they're not actually making money, but they are calling themselves a business owner. They are acting as if they're a business owner, but they're not actually doing the actions that take to create revenue, to create profit, to bring more money home. So that's the name of the game is make more money, keep more money for you personally. That's business ownership. It's not expensive hobbies. So uh, I'm reading off your sheet here and it says a question, like why do numbers and shame go hand in hand for entrepreneurs? Yeah, that's a really good, it's a really good point. There is a lot, especially female entrepreneurs, which is unique to them, but not exclusive. Definitely men entrepreneurs suffer with this too. But we get into this position where we are running a business, we're owning a business, we're not necessarily qualified on the financial side. So everybody gets into business to do whatever their specialty is. So In the case of your audience, they're all getting into real estate because they love helping people, serving people, helping them find homes. They love real estate in some way. They're not necessarily knowledgeable and um, willing to get kind of in deep with their numbers in terms of how to make the business run the most smoothly it can on the spreadsheets. So there's a lot of shame around that. There's a lot of hesitation to asking the questions and feeling maybe dumb to ask the questions that they don't understand, whether it's from their accountant, their bookkeeper, or just as they're building their business, there's a lot of shame around something that we should know how to do. But the vast majority of us were never, ever taught how to deal with money properly. So that that's where that shame piece comes in. I appreciate that because uh, obviously I'm black. Right. And I was having a conversation with another black woman and she was like, you know what? Like a lot of us don't make money. 
And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah, like less than 7% make like the money that everybody's saying out there. That's not really true what you see out there in the market. And it's so eerie that you're talking about exactly the same thing today. And it's not to minimize women or say men are better or anything like that. It's just like the reality of things. And we have to be realistic about that. And what you're saying right here is like right on par. It's the numbers and we have to like face those numbers. So. I appreciate yeah, yeah, and it's a huge issue, right? It's a huge issue when we think that so many people get into real estate because it looks like a lucrative option as a career. It looks like a career where you can make money, and it absolutely is, right? There's no question that you can make money in real estate, but I think there's a disservice in the industry a lot about what it actually takes to make the money and how you need to the amount of time it takes, right? I feel like it's it's not a get-rich-quick scheme, right? That would be ridiculous. But it is something where people see the shining examples of the people at the very top 1% of the industry and think like, well, I can do that. And of course they can, but it's knowing all the steps it takes to get you there and being willing to kind of stick it out until it works. And sometimes that takes a lot longer than we want it to. It does. And I was, um, I forget, oh, I was in on Facebook and I was reading like a Facebook post and somebody post and reminded me like, I, cause I wrote this book. And one of the first things that I did inside of the book was I addressed the, which, which we're going to talk about today. I, I addressed one, the amount of people that come in the industry is a high churn. Like it says 87% it of the agents are out within five years. Right. 87%. I'm like, man, that's a, that's a, that's a high number. And then I also address the fact that like, what are like some of the key components of sticking around and being successful in this business and it's follow-up and people fail to follow up. And we were talking about that a little bit before we prepare to talk today. And I just want to hear your perspective. I want to hear you talk about the importance of follow-up because nobody likes to hear that, but that's really what the success is in this business. It's that follow-up. Yeah. And it's, it's following up and it's, there's follow-up and then there's the nurturing of your audience, right? So, so often we have a huge group of people that are somehow connected to us, right? Your natural market, your, all those people, the people sitting in your phone, whoever those people might be. And the farther along you get in business, the more that group grows. The reality is most people don't even touch them. They don't even reach out to them regularly. They're not doing things like email marketing and keeping in touch with them. Um, They're not doing it and making it super easy and consistent for them. So automation of your methodologies to do that makes your life so much easier than trying to remember, like, I've got to touch everybody in my phone. I've got 2000 contacts. How even do I do that and stay on top of it? But people also forget that, especially in real estate, we'll use that example, you don't have to call and be like, hey, are you ready to buy and sell a house? That doesn't have to be your opening line, right? There can be a thousand different ways that you can connect with a person individually that just puts you back at the top of their mind. Because I don't know what the stat is, and I wish I'd looked it up before I got on here, but most people hire the most familiar realtor, not necessarily the person that they've known for a hundred years that's in real estate, not necessarily even like their neighbor. It's going to be, we're making a decision. We're selling our house. And I drove by that same person's sign in the neighborhood four times today. And that's the name that's top of mind because it happens to be the one that they've seen. 
So you have to put yourself in that position to be top of mind, right? And we forget, we're like, hey, I'm going into real estate. I'm super excited. And we share that out with everybody. And then when's the last time you told those people after that, that you're still in real estate, you're doing great. You're selling this, you're buying, helping clients left, right, and center. Even if you're not, what are the actions you're taking that you're sharing out in the world? And I think that's where people forget follow-up is more than just, hey, are you ready to buy? Yeah. And um, this is like kind of relevant because I have like another um, like contractor and I was telling him he's like looking for a new job. And I was like, you know what? He's like, I'm going to fill out all these applications. I was like, you know what? Um, it's not really the applications. It's like you people knowing you and seeing you. And I went to Google and I pulled up the LinkedIn stats because I pulled like LinkedIn. They were like most people, like most jobs are through networking. And that's a big part of like familiarity. You ever see somebody you're like, how did this person get this job? And it's like, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It's, it's because they were familiar. It wasn't because of the skills and all this other stuff It's because of familiarity. And the same thing is relevant to our business. Like we have to be familiar, like show up and be top of mind. Like, so people can want to do business with you. Yeah. And so that they can remember that that's the business you're in, right? If the conversations um, I always think of, you know, as parents, we know we spend a lot of time. I spend a lot of time on a sports field with 10 or 12 different sets of parents that are on my kids' teams. Do all of those people know what you do? And are you the resource if they have some random question about real estate or the market or interest rates or whatever the topic is? It doesn't matter whether they never actually do anything, but if they remember who you are, they're going to tell the people around them when somebody says at a barbecue later that week, like, yeah, we're ready to sell. We just don't know who we're going to go with. Their immediate response is going to be, oh, we have this great person there, a parent of, you know, Tommy's soccer team. You need to talk with them. They're fantastic. And they're always available to share information or whatever. Right. So doing it that way too, in a very organic methodology is also another way to kind of focus on it. Networking, that's that's the power. Uh, when we were, when I was reading your bio inside, it mentioned the crush method. Can you tell us about the crush method? Yeah, so it is a formula that I built kind of around the way that I coach clients, but it's five pillars to profitability. So if you have these things kind of sorted out and you're focused on them, you will make profit. So it is the core of your business. So mission, vision, values, your why. Then it is the revenue. So revenue is just the R, but obviously it's all the numbers in your business, really managing your expenses, all of that sort of thing. Then you've got utility. So automation and delegation. When do you hire more people? When are you ready to do that? What can you automate in your business right now that frees up more of your time to do that front-facing activity with clients? Then you've got sales and promotion, which you need to get really good at that. And I think sometimes we get used to our certain number of closing ratios that we can do. Like we need to talk to 10 people to get one client or whatever that might be. We can start to tighten that up if we develop a little bit more skills in the sales department. And sometimes people forget that that's a piece they can control. Um, And the last pillar is headspace. So how much Are you controlling your mental interpretation of what's happening and managing your mind in terms of business growth and development? Thank you for sharing that. Now, tell us the difference between profit coaching and business Mm -hmm. coaching. I think 
for me to begin with, it was definitely a sales strategy for me to differentiate myself from all the other business coaches that are out there. But essentially, it is a focus on take home money versus a focus on just revenue top dollar. So the number of sales we make in a year is fantastic. What we bring home is actually the number we care about. And that's your profit. Thank you for sharing that. I have um, I have a mentor and he always says like your job as a business owner is to make sure you take care of the shareholders. And if you're a solo entrepreneur, you're one of those shareholders and you need to make sure you get paid. You're not just doing this for the business. You're doing this so you can prosper and benefit from your business as well. Yeah. And I think like when you look at, you said you have four kids, they're shareholders, right? They're, they're giving you the time to do the business, maybe reluctantly, depends on your kids, right? Um, but they're the shareholders of that business. Your spouse is potentially the shareholder of that business. And those are the people that you're doing it for. For the most of us, that's why we're doing this. That's why we've chosen this direction. Those are the shareholders to make sure are getting paid at the end of the day. Thanks for like driving that deeper because it is, it's not just you. And I always tell people like, like when you're in business and you're afraid to go out there and do stuff, you're not only harming yourself, you're harming those people that care about you too. So this is very relevant. Like, like your business is not only about you, it's about the people that you care about too. They're invested in you just as well. So you go out there and crush it. Yep. All right. Why is strategy not your problem and what is? Okay, because almost every strategy will work. Almost every strategy. There's especially like in real estate, there are like thousands and thousands of different ways you can find a client, get a listing, get that done. The reality is it is the stick to itness, which is not actually a word, but it's one that my dad uses all the time, where you need to choose a method, choose a strategy, and then stick to it until it works right? Get actually gain mastery over that strategy, as opposed to just flitting from one to the next to the next, thinking that the grass is greener on that on the other side. Thank you. And um, tell me about the six steps to build to biz building. Sorry, tell me about the six steps to biz building confidence. Okay, I'll give you the number one step. And I think if only this one is the one that people take away is okay knowing that you are the expert, owning that, believing that, like deeply, deeply holding that to be true and getting confident with that. So one of the things I have my clients do, and it sounds ridiculous and they're always like, really, I don't want to do this, but it is having the conversations you want to have with a client. So you're selling them, you're getting them to sign a listing agreement, whatever that looks like having those conversations every single time you go to the bathroom and you're washing your hands. So there you are, crazy person talking to yourself in the mirror. It's totally fine. And envisioning how those conversations are going to go until it is so smooth and it just rolls off your tongue like your phone number. I appreciate that. Um, Currently, I'm rereading Psycho-Cybernetics and he talks about the importance of like mental pictures and practicing like things in your mind and like what you just said, like the conversations, that's a version of that. Like that's so vital. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes all the difference because all of a sudden when you're presented with an opportunity to talk to a potential client, you're smooth. You're not, you don't feel kind of like stuttery or nervous or unsure because you've practiced with your fake self in the mirror for a really long time. And then you come off 
just sounding that much more confident in front of the client, which is critical. Practice, practice makes perfect. So I want to get to, uh, I have like some bonus questions that I typically like to go over and you understand like we're in real estate. So, um, and then we, we do bonus questions and then we do what I like to call the closing table and then we're going to get you out of here. So bonus questions, the first bonus, and it's kind of selfish because I like to make sure I just serve my, uh, my guests. So the first question is, how can someone add immediate value to you or your business? I think the way that somebody can add immediate value to my business is by listening to or sharing my podcast, which is She Needs okay. Grit. Oh man, I didn't. I, I I must have missed it. Or can you tell us about it? Tell us about your podcast. It's very much what we've been talking about. So it is. It is helping female entrepreneurs make more money in their business. So outlining all the pieces of the Crush Formula giving tips and tricks, having interviews with other phenomenal entrepreneurs so that we can all learn from their experience and their stories as well. Oh man, that's, that's good. Uh, maybe I missed it in a bio or something like that, but um, you have to, you have to get me information. I probably have some guest recommendations for you as well. And I'd be happy to Perfect. send some guests over to your way and send some people to listen to your podcast, because I'm telling you, we, we all, we all need grit. We all need that. And, mm -hmm. um, I'm excited about that. So how can someone add long-term value to you or your business? I think the long-term value is sharing. If you, and I think this goes for me and for anybody else, but if you hear somebody that resonates with you in some way, take the time from right where you are hearing it right now to follow them, to get involved in their circle, jump onto their social media, whatever that might be, and share it with the people around you. Most of us sit and listen to podcasts and there's something that jumps out, something that resonates, something that grabs you. And you immediately think of how it benefits either yourself or someone you know, like, oh yeah, my best friend needs to hear this stuff. We often don't take the action to the next step of actually sharing it with them or getting more involved in that person. I recommend you do that. Thank you. So closing questions. Uh, I can't wait to get to the last question because I think I'm going to set it up right. <laughs> closing question. What is one question you wish I had asked you and how would you have answered? Mm, okay. Um, I wish you had asked me about how I balance motherhood and business because I know a whole bunch of your listeners are out there trying to do real estate, trying to be moms, trying to sort all that stuff out. And they're knee deep in the summer right now. So if this is going to come out right away, they're trying to juggle kids in summer and all of that stuff. And so I would answer that to say the one thing that I've gotten really good at as a business owner is every season. And like I'm talking kid season, not necessarily um, weather season. Take a look at your calendar and be willing to move things around, be willing to shuffle, be willing to be flexible and give yourself the time to do that. It makes all the difference because every season, especially as a parent, is no joke. So to fit business in, you can get to that point where it seems to be rubbing up against it, each other, where the kids and the business is like, it's not working anymore. It's just because they're home for the summer and they're in your house and they're eating more. Um, and you just need to plan for that. And that's, that's the big factor. Thank you. Uh, where can listeners find out more about you online? Okay, the best place to go is um, 
where is the best place to go? Why don't you come see me over on Instagram? Come and join me at Sam, the profit coach, and let me know you listen to this and let's chat. Okay. And so my final question is, uh, let me see. I hope you say it. If you don't say it, I'm going to get you to say it. But my final question is, I like to close <laughs> our guests out with, um, like a lot of people say, give us a closing statement. And I had one guest on, a woman, right? Woman entrepreneur. Her name's Dewan. And Dewan was like, what I do to my guests is I give them one word because sometimes they can be wordy. And I was like, okay, I like that. I like that philosophy. It makes people think about like the one thing that delivered their message. So what is one word you would use to close us out? Action. Action. I was hoping you said grit. I, I was torn between take action, grit, or crush. So grit, right. That's pretty related. So let's do grit and then tell us, then, then close us out with a statement on grit. Okay. Grit is doing it until it works. It is not doing it until Tuesday, not doing it until it feels hard and then we give up. It is literally doing it until it works. So just keep going. Thank you. I appreciate you, Samantha. This has been exciting. I appreciate you very much. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. Uh, again, tell us how we can, you, you got a website, you know, beyond the Instagram, you got a website or anything like that where we can follow you, any courses, coaching, consult, consulting that we can sign up for. Tell us about that. Absolutely. Well, you can go to crushprofitcoaching.com and okay. that's the website and it has all the details on there. And there's an opportunity that if you want to coach with me one-on-one, we can do that. If you want to hop into She Profit School, which is my group coaching program, you can, of course, do that. But most importantly, I really believe in having a conversation with people that are struggling in this area, not because I'm trying to sell you anything, but because I can probably help give you one piece of advice that changes things. So book a consult. It's on Instagram. It's on all the places in all the world, like on the website. But if you're struggling in this right now, book a consult. Let's have a conversation. I can help. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. I can think of three women immediately that I'm going to suggest schedule a consult with you, but we'll see how that goes. Samantha, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you beyond words. Thank you. You are so welcome, Jerome. I loved being here. This was great. Excellent. Thank you.